the thing today, there's, there's, three, there's three basic concepts or words, and they're going to be repeated in all three of these phenomenal stories. Redemption, grace, forgiveness. There's the redemption has the idea, and I'm going to give you a little definition for that in just a moment. Um, redemption of taking, taking something really bad that can happen to you and, and God using that in some only God-like way for something good. And we're going to see that in all three of these. And, and then and we talk about grace, just the, the tremendous amount of grace that needs to be shown because of the grace that has been shown to me by God. And forgiveness. Um, and I need to say mo- no more probably than, than I do about forgiveness. Let me begin with just a, a couple lines that I worked on. Um, pretty hard. To, to, I wanted to communicate this whole redemptive idea because I'm, I'm just, just one of my favorite themes and subjects. Um, and sometimes it's not a word we use all the time, redemption or being having a redemptive worldview. So let's try it this way. Uh, God is at work in the life of the believer. By his hand, there is a transformational redemptive process going on wherein God causes and uses other things not directly caused by him the good and the bad issues of life for the continued betterment of that individual, of you, of me. And whenever I think of those redemptive stories, I think, and I've got a few things in my life. I've been very blessed. I don't have a lot, but I've got a couple that were just hell on earth at the time. And we can say that here if you're visiting. We, every now and then the pastor jumps off the reservation and says things. Um, but I mean, literally, it was just as bad as it could get. And at the, you just think, am I ever going to make it through this? In my case, most of them were self-inflicted, so I can't really blame anybody else. Um, and then you get through that, and I'm speaking on the other side of it several years, and you're like, I am so thankful for that. But I never want to go through it again. And uh, that's, that's redemption, that's re- the God and the redemptive process that's going on. So that's, that's part of what we're talking about in this whole series. Today, here's the thing. I want to, let, me, let me just say the last line again. Wherein God causes and uses other things not directly caused by him, the good and the bad issues of life, for the continued betterment of that individual. Let me just add this. Sometimes he uses you to do that. And that's, may, may, that's more of what we're talking about today. Sometimes he uses you in that process. And, um, and that's what happened with, with the gentleman we saw on the screen, the, the, the film. And I'm going to take you to the Bible. This passage is the first passage, when I first heard about this, we were just dealing with it in concept form. I think, I think it was March. It may have been earlier or later. And uh, I think Steve told me this story, and he said we were talking about the, the fall series and so forth. And um, the first time I heard it, I said, well, I, I know the passage right away. This, and sometimes that, that works. Sometimes, sometimes the first passage is the one that I'll use, sometimes not. But this was the first passage I thought of. And then my second thought was, I really don't want to go to that passage because there are so many questions that it's going to bring up in people's minds. Not that you can't handle questions, but, you know, I've got I to talk about this stuff. And, and so it's kind of, you know, if I, if I have questions with it, you're probably going to have questions with it, you know? So it's kind of like my friend who was, is, is a... Uh, does color commentary for the New Jersey Nets. He says the only, the only worst thing in watching the Nets is sitting there and having to talk about the Nets when they're playing. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Don't, don't repeat that. I'm sure the Nets wouldn't appreciate hearing that. But, um, but anyway, this is a great passage, and it, one, it is one that needs to be dealt with. It's one that I'm sure you've heard of. 
So I've given it enough build, build, build up. Let's just get to it. Matthew chapter 5, verse 39. I say to you, do not resist an evil person. If someone slaps you in the right cheek, offer the other cheek also. If you are sued in court and your shirt is taken from you, give him your coat too. This is Jesus talking. Give your coat too. If a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, which the soldiers in Roman times had the right to do that, they could say, hey, you, I'm commandeering you. Carry my stuff. You know, 100 pounds, 200 pounds of stuff. They could do that. He says, so if that happens to you, carry it two miles. Give to those who ask and don't borrow, excuse me, and don't turn away from those who want to borrow. That's pretty hard. I mean, why are you going to do that? If we, if we take this so literally, literally, literally here, how am I going to handle that? I mean, everybody that asks, okay, I've got to give you, you borrow money, okay. I mean, we're going to do with that. Keep reading. You have heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven, for he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good. And he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax gatherers do that much. And of course, that was the lowest of the low in that particular economy, the tax gatherers. So I'm sure if you're here from the IRS, he's not talking about you, okay? He's talking about that's how people made their living. They would overcharge people and then they'd take the money, okay? So if any, if, uh, so in verse 47, if you are kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans, even heathens do that. You are to be perfect even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Obviously, we're not going to be as perfect as God, but his point is there needs to be a striving for, um, if not perfection, certainly a higher standard there. Maturity. Listen, there is no biblical mandate here. I want to make this clear. There's no biblical mandate here that teaches that this person has to do this particular thing in this particular situation every time in order to be a righteous man. Okay? Um, it would be poor judgment and the lack of wisdom to think in these kinds of situations you always act this way. So be careful when you do your, your interpreting of these verses for how you're going to live. If you turn your cheek every time, you may get beaten to a pulp. I don't think that's what God wants for you. Okay? If you can at least have some control over that. If you borrow, if you borrow to people, every time they ask, you may be broke very soon. Got some stories, we could do some real life stories on that today, obviously, at least with banks and so forth. So that's, what I want you to see here is, is really the bigger picture because it's, it's, it's much bigger than that. People take these verses and, you know, and they say, well, what do I do? Well, you know, what, what do I, what am I, we all deal with grade school children at one or two times in our life. And I remember when our son one time came home and said, Dad, there's this kid on the bus and he just keeps picking on me, keeps picking on me. And I said, well, just keep trying to be nice, you know, and, and he did three or four days in a row. Dad, he pushed me around and stuff. What, what, what am I supposed to do? You know, I'm a Christian. What am I supposed to do? Some of you aren't going to like this, but I don't care. You know where I'm headed with this, don't you? <laughs> I, said, son, I said, son, sometimes you just got to pop them. <laughs> I, I said, you know, I said, I can't explain it, but uh, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. I said, just pop him a couple times. I said, and I said make sure he feels it, and uh, he, <laughs> he, he, he won't have any more problems. And he did, and he didn't have any more problems. Okay, I mean, we all know those kinds of stories. So am I, am I telling my son to go against what the Bible says here? You know, 
there is there is some friction there. I don't. Th- I think it's more about the, the the deep-centered attitude that's going on here. You know, and you say, well, would Jesus ever do that? I mean, would Jesus ever tell somebody, ah, just go pop them? Um, you know, I don't think he would, but at the same time, Jesus went into the temple where they were making a basically a, a, a Walmart out of the temple, and he went nuts. He didn't go nuts. He, he, that sounds terrible. He went... <laughs> I want to be respectful. He, 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 he was bothered, okay? And he started tearing stuff down, and I, I, it, from my understanding of the text, he might have hit a couple of people, at least pushed them out of the way. So be careful with that whole that whole thought through that. Should we be peace-loving people? Absolutely. Should we be gracious and kind? Absolutely. But are we to be a doormat? I know we're never to be a doormat. And sometimes you have to, whether that's, whether that's physical or whether that, as you grow older, maybe more verbal, maybe that's a, a wife telling a husband or a husband telling a wife, I'm not going to let you treat me like that. I'm not going to let you treat me like that. And I have, have, I have had to have that discussion more than once. Where they said, well, am I just supposed to just sit here and, and take it? And we're not, we weren't necessi- necessarily, that has been that too, but we weren't necessarily talking about physical abuse, just, just verbal and stuff like that. And I said, no, just say, I'm not going to let you treat me like that. There's a place for that. And you can still do that. And you can still be godly when you do that. So when we look at this verse, I want you to think of, of this particular phrase that we've come up with for, the, for, the, for this particular redemptive story, which is unexpected grace. What Jesus is getting at here, I believe, is, listen, live a life full of, of unexpected grace for people who, who don't deserve it and who don't expect it. Okay? That's the issue here. Let me just, let me just give you some things. Here, here's what unexpected grace is. Unexpected grace looks for ways to bless people when it's undeserving and when it's unexpected. Unexpected grace looks for ways to bless people. Especially those, especially when it's undeserved and it's unexpected. Now think about that for a moment. And by the way, I use the word bless people. That's sort of, I have this thing, if you're new to us, I, I have this thing where I try to avoid churchy words, you know, or Christian-y words. Those aren't words you'll find in your dictionary, but they're my words. Um, and bless is sort of Christian-y, but you know what? There's just no better word than, than, than look for ways to bless people. The word literally means um, to confer prosperity or happiness upon somebody. It's just a good word. So I'm going to just, I can't improve on it. I just stick with it. So, so unexpected grace looks for ways to bless people. I've talked about this many times, how, how, how one of the practical places you can do that is, in, is in, the, in the grocery store line. There's something about our grocery. I mean, it's just, you, I mean, it's like, it's like your, your, your journey of faith always gets kind of, you know, you go into the grocery store three or four times a week, you're gonna get you're gonna get little check little checkup. How you doing with that? And we go to the one that's right across from our office, which is in Milburn. I go over there frequently just to get a coke or something. And um, it's just always it's always an issue. There's always somebody wanting to run over you or you know curse you out or something like that. It's always it's uh, shop wrong over there. Anyway, it's <laughs> anyway. It just seems to be a great place where you can really exercise your faith, and, and, and it's a great, it's sort of like a gym where you have a chance to work it out, you know? It is. Might be at your club. Might be at your club where you have the opportunity to just, it just and that's why you have some thoughts on how this works, this un, unexpected grace, because most of us probably aren't going to be, God forbid, uh, stuck in the back with a knife and say, give, him, give me your money. As we, but we have many ways we can practice it. Might be at your club, if you're a member of a club, you know? 
played golf the other day, and, and, and if you're not a golfer, at the end, if you have caddies at the end, all, especially if you're not playing in a place that you've played many times, you usually confer among the four golfers, and hey, how much are we going to give these guys, the caddies? And it was just kind of cool. I, I, so I said, hey, we, you know, what are we giving these guys? And, and each one, you know, brings up, coughs up their own money, and, and uh, the one guy said, hey, so-and-so, this one caddy, he, he's having an anniversary, you know, and he's got, he found out all this stuff. He said, let's give him a little extra. Let's give him an extra 20 or something. And uh, yeah, that's really cool. That's really cool. I mean, that's just, a, is that just a small way. Now, did we do that and then go say, hey, we're Christians too, buddy, huh? Yeah. No. <laughs> all of us weren't in that group, actually. But uh, that's all right. Anyway, so, um, oh, that's my wedding. That's my wedding. Okay. <laughs> got a wedding this afternoon. Okay. Um, I got to find something else to do with my, with my notes. Anyway, you just look for ways. You just look for ways that you can just do this unexpected grace that's blessed people when it's undeserved and when it's, when it's unexpected, maybe in your office. You know, it, it, one of the things, I don't, I don't normally do this up here, but I'm going to do something different right now, and I won't do it in any of the other services. But I thought it was really cool, and we, we made it kind of a fun deal out of it when one of our guys, Norbert, one of Tony a couple of years ago, uh, Norbert Leo Butts. And my friend Vince is over here. He won a daytime Emmy the other night on, as uh, Dr. David's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, don't clap too long until you watch him on All My Children because he does some bad things. Let me just tell you. Just some bad Anyway, just one of the things he did when I watched his acceptance, it was he started mentioning all the people behind the scenes. You don't very often hear that. You know, just, a, just sort of all the people that behind the cameras, all the people doing the makeup, all the people doing all the, the drivers. All, I, mean, just, I just thought it was really cool. You know, and one of those little ways that you can bless someone when it's undeserved and unexpected. And, um, and I'll tell you another place you can do this. In your home. How about that? In your home. How about husband and wife treating each other in ways where they're unexpected, you know, just want to bless each other in unexpected, undeserved ways. And when, when, he, when he or she might bring flowers, and it's not for anything they did wrong. Of course, sometimes you do that, and they're like, what'd you do, you know? <laughs> Hopefully it's not like that. But I mean, can you, I mean, I was talking with some buddies the other day, we were talking about, what's a, what's a good marriage? We were just having a little discussion. What's a good marriage? What does that mean? You know, some guys say some crazy, funny stuff, but, but, uh, which we won't say here, let me just say. Uh, but here's, here's what I came away with, it, uh, with and, and it's, it's the term I think I sort of helped uh, uh, try to get the discussion in this, in this direction. It's a mutually fulfilling relationship. Mutually fulfilling. And, and that has to do with both people seeking to bless the other one when it's undeserved and when it's unexpected. Can you imagine how your home is going to be like that? It's going to be pretty cool. I mean, you won't have issues from time to time, but that's pretty cool stuff. Unexpected grace just looks for ways to, to bless people. Unexpected grace doesn't always have to be right. Doesn't always have to get the last word in. Has, has the strength and the security that it can be wronged. And it doesn't, it doesn't have to strike back. And that does take strength. It takes a lot of strength. You know, the, the thing about it is unexpected grace just flows out of a desire to be like Christ. 
and I, and I want to be careful with this because I, you know, we're all very fallen people. And if I start saying, well, we all, we all want to be like Jesus, I would hope you would agree because we do. We all realize we, we, we fall way short and we don't always know how Jesus would handle things. But one of the great filters of life is when we get into certain situations, we do stop and think, okay, how would Jesus handle this? Um, and and some, sometimes I ask myself, how wouldn't Jesus handle this? Because I'm pretty sure he wouldn't call that person a four-letter word and say, you know, whatever. Um, I'm pretty sure he wouldn't do that. Doesn't mean you can't be firm. Doesn't mean you can't say, no, I'm not going to do that, or I'm not going to let you treat me like that. But Jesus would always do it. And this is, this, is, this is one of the things that we have that's very unique over a whole bunch of others. And that is, when one comes to faith in Christ, he has the indwelling Holy Spirit. And he, God gives us a unique ability when we are willing and when we cooperate to be able to live lives that can bless in those situations instead of condemn and, 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 and to come up with just these, these, these incredible unex- acts of, of gra- unexpected grace, and undes- unexpected and undeserved acts of grace. Jesus will give us that ability inwardly. And that's really what this is all about. That's what Jesus is talking about in, in that passage that we read earlier in Matthew. Is that your life and your attitude and your whole view is going to be different. doesn't mean that there's not a time when you have to strike, not strike back, but in defensive mode, you have to say, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to let you do that. doesn't mean you don't do that. But, but there's, there's an attitude there that's different. It's not retaliatory. It's not to get back. It might be protective because we have to be protective, but above that is still the attitude of, look, I want to give. You may not be giving me the chance to give. I want to I be able to, to turn the other cheek. You may not be giving me that chance, but I, that's, that's the heart of the matter. It's an attitude of grace. It's an attitude of forgiveness. It's an attitude of redemption. So that's how we're going to be different as God's people. May God give us the, the power and the ability to do that, and he will. Let me pray. Lord God, we... We're grateful that we can talk about some of these very important issues of life and know that we have you to help us. And help us, God, the next time we got some guy and we want to really pop him, help us to step back and say, wait a minute. My words here that could really injure may need to not be said. Maybe I need to think of a way I can bless instead of curse. I pray that for each one of us. We'll have the opportunity tomorrow, if not later today. So I pray that for each one of us, Lord. I thank you for your love and for your grace. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.